Turn with me please this morning to Mark the 11th chapter. Mark 11. For a few weeks now we've been on this subject of faith to receive. Somebody say that out loud. Faith to receive. And this has been our main text. The wonderful, famous Mark 11. Hmm? My father in the faith, Kenneth E. Hagin, who's in heaven now, was uh, born premature uh, with a, his internal organs and body was not uh, fully developed and there was deformity and incurable blood disease and a number of things and they said he couldn't live and then eventually said he couldn't live past 16 and when he was about that age he's bedfast and dying. He'd be in and out of comas for weeks at a time, couldn't talk, couldn't move and going just like medical science said he had to go and in the natural that was so. But thank God he had something inside him that said uh, there was help in this book. <laughs> so when he could, was awake and he could sit up. He got the Bible, he got him to put it in his lap and said sometimes it would take him a minute to even slide a page over. He was that weak. And, but uh, he saw he didn't know how much time he had. So he said Old Testament and New Testament. And he figured the new was to replace the old. And so he started the new and, and he read, he got to Mark 11. <laughs> and he didn't understand it, but something inside him told him, this is your answer right here. You can be healed. Everything was telling him he couldn't be. You can be healed. And he saw what things soever you desire. When you pray. Believe that you receive them. And you shall have them. Everything says he's got to die. But he said something inside him. Well it was the Lord. Kept telling him you can be healed. And this is your answer. Glory to God. And finally, it took him a little while, but finally, he said, he just said it right out loud. I see it. I see it. I got to believe I received my healing while I'm still laying here paralyzed. I got to believe I received my healing right now. (laughs) Glory to God. So he said, uh, he said, I want to declare that I believe I received my healing. I want to declare it to God and all the holy angels. I want to declare it before the demons in hell. I want to declare it. I believe I received my healing. I believe I received my healing. Not just I believe God's a good God. Not just I believe God's got power. What? I believe I received my healing. Now. And uh, he said this. Something came up in his spirit. Well, it's the, he didn't know the Holy Ghost, didn't know he's born again, but he didn't know how to be led and didn't understand those things. But something came up to his mind. He says, now you believe you're well. He said, I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. He said, the thought came up, well, people ought to be up this time of day. Well, it was, I don't know, 10 and 9 or 10 in the morning or something, and normally that'd be the case. And, and he said, now you believe you're well. Well, people ought to be up. He thought, well, that's right. Yeah, come on. Well, that's right. So he began to try to get up. <laughs> Couldn't move. But he managed to push one leg off the side of the bed. He said it fell off the side of the bed like a piece of firewood. Plump. <laughs> Paralyzed. Yeah. And he pushed the other one off. Plump. 
And he worked his way over till he got a hold of the bedpost. And now he's off the bed, but barely. And he's sliding down the pole, barely off the floor. And he said, I believe, I receive my healing. He said when he did, the power of God struck him in the top of the head. He said it felt like warm honey just piled up on top of him and began to ooze down. And he said it came down over his chest and down over his body. And when it got to his legs that are paralyzed, they begin to sting like there's a thousand needles all over. Well, feeling's coming back. He said it hurt so bad, made him want to cry, but it hurt so good. And he said in just a couple of moments, he's standing there under his own power. Looks like a walking skeleton. He's thin, he's weak, but he's standing there under his own power saying glory to God. And went on from that place and preached the gospel for 60 years. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I'm one of the ones that called him dad. Right? Came up under his ministry. What if he hadn't been? What if he'd have died when he was 16? How would that have affected me? How would it have affected you? You understand what I'm saying? Somebody say, thank God for Mark 11, 24. (laughs) You and I sitting up in here in this paid for air conditioned place because of Mark 11, 24, looking at each other today. Which is to say because of God, because of Jesus. He is the Word made flesh. Mark 11, look at it again. Mm -mm -mm. If we just left now, it would have been worth coming out for me anyhow. Mark 11, 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever... She'll say to the mountain, this mountain, be thou removed. Now, who's he talking to? Not to God, not to the devil, not to yourself, talking to the mountain. Can mountains hear? So we need major mind renewal in this area, don't we? Because, I mean, Jesus spoke to the wind and waves, didn't he? Jesus spoke to trees in this passage, didn't he? He's not talking to God about the tree. He's talking to the tree. Jesus spoke to fevers. A fever. See, are most Christians taught to speak to fevers or stomach aches or indigestion or cancer or so-called inanimate objects? No, people would think you're strange. People think something's wrong with you. Oh, man, they need to go in the institution. You see them standing out there talking to a tree. They're loopy. They're off. Well, no, it's the world that's off. Because Jesus is right. And the way he did it, it's the way. He is the way. 
But we need to get our mind renewed. I remember reading that some years ago where, you know, Jesus came in and Peter's mother-in-law was taken with a great fever. And he spoke to the fever. He's not praying. He's not asking God the Father to heal her. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He spoke to the fever and rebuked it and said, fever, get out of here. That's how Jesus operated. And I thought, he's talking to the fever. Can fevers hear? And I read the next verse, it says, and immediately it departed from her. And I said, I reckon so. (laughs) And I got a revelation. I thought, if fevers can hear, cancer can hear. Tumors can hear. Come on now. Well, now see, we should not think this a thing strange because everything you see and feel came into being as a result of words being spoken. Well, if it's how it was all created, why would we be surprised that words could change it? Or words could alter it when words created it. But see, people have become educated. And they know better than talking to the wind and the waves. Well, we need to learn how to operate this way every day. Every day. And every week is not just sit and wait for things to fall on us and not just sit and wait and hope that God will notice us. Let's do what he told us to do. Let's do it his way. What's his way? Say to this mountain, be thou removed. Well, you're not mincing words then, are you? (laughs) Be thou removed. Be cast into the sea. Keep reading. What did it say? And if you won't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said will come to pass. Jesus said, you shall have whatever you say. People make fun of that, but they don't realize they're making fun of Jesus. They call us names that confess it and possess it, that name it and frame it and claim it and blab it and grab it. I've heard it all. But they're making fun of Jesus because we didn't write this. He's the one that said, if you would speak to it and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said came to pass. You would have what you said. Jesus taught us how to do it. He did it himself and he taught us how to do it. Now verse 24. Read that. Both of these are talking about faith. And having faith in God. And having the faith of God. One of them has to do with dealing with things that's in your way. And problems. Others has to do with good things you want to receive from the Lord. One of them is speaking to the problem. Not prayer. Verse 24 is prayer. Verse 24. What do he say? Therefore I say unto you. What things soever you desire, that covers a lot of ground. What if you desire to be healed? So that's what I just shared about Brother Hagin. That's what he said. Healing was not in that verse. But more than anything, he's a 16-year-old boy. And they told him he had to die. And he's laying there thinking, if I die now, I'm going to die never having really lived. I mean, his home was broken. He'd always looked forward to getting old enough where he could marry and have a family and have children. He was looking forward to that. And he said, if I die now, I've never done anything. I've never lived. He desired healing. He desired a whole body more than anything else, naturally and materially. But healing wasn't in there. And yet it is. I said, and yet it is. Because it says, what things soever you desire. That would include your healing. That would include your wisdom and your direction. That would include your house and your car. and Whatever it is you're needing and you want. Your business equipment, your stuff. Do you want it? 
He didn't just say whatever you need. What did he say? Whatever you desire. When you pray, so it's right to pray and ask. You have not because you ask not. It's right to come and ask for good things. When you pray, believe. And a lot of folk would agree with that, but they don't go with the rest of the statement, the rest of the verse. Believe what? Here's where people have missed it. Jesus said, when you pray, believe. But he's very specific. Believe what? Believe that you receive them. Them what? Them things you desired. Them things you asking for. You must not just ask, 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 and keep on asking and beg and beg. Religion has made beggars out of Christians. Well, just keep begging. Just keep asking. And it's just up to the Lord. That's not right. He told you to do something. First of all, you don't need to be asking for it until you're persuaded it's his will. And then once you get persuaded it is his will, you don't just need to ask, ask, ask. You need to ask and then you need to believe that you receive them. And then what did Jesus say would happen? You shall have them. I'm more excited about this than I've ever been. How about you? Glory to God. Glory to God. I saw just a couple of weeks ago where somebody was slandering my name and saying negative things about us and I'm wrong and this and that and the other. And all I feel is sorry for them. Because they're missing out on all this. They think they got a problem with me. I didn't write Mark 11, 24. I didn't write this. This wasn't my idea. And they're missing out. And they're struggling. And all these bad things are happening in their life. And they're not resisting them. You know, you think about a man. That has got a fine home. And a fine family. He's got a fine, wonderful wife. And beautiful children. And he's got treasures in his house. And he's got a fine house. And he's a big man. And he's strong. And he's got 30 weapons. He's got swords, he's got knives, he's got pistols, he's got shotguns, and he's a crack shot. And bad people come to his house. And he lets them walk in the door. And they come to abuse his wife and his children. They come to steal his stuff, and he sits there and does nothing. Because it might be the will of God. He's got power, he's got ability. He's got ways of stopping them, but he won't use them. He sits there and does nothing. How many know that would not be right? We've got weapons. Come on now. We have the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal. They're not natural, but they are mighty. They are mighty through God. Hallelujah. But we must use them. We can sit and do nothing and be destroyed. Or we can rise up and say, no, you don't. No, you don't. Not in my house, you don't. I bind you up in the name of Jesus. Fever, get out of here. Growth, get out of my child. In the name of Jesus, be dissolved. Go. Go. Thank you, Lord. And 
if we've got all these blessings, all these wonderful things that are bought and paid for, and the Lord says they're yours, come get them. And we just wait and wait and beg and wait and beg and wait and live our whole life on a low, low level. You know, there's so many people, as soon as they get to heaven, you know what they're going to say? Oh, you mean I could have? And we could have? Oh, oh. The Lord's going to say, I told you. I told you. No, friend, let's not wait till then. Let's rise up. Let's become faith receivers. Let's become possessors. Let's become resistors of the enemy and watch him flee. And let's rise up and lay hold and take possession of what's already been bought and paid for in Christ. And be able to use it to bless other people and be able to glorify God in it and with it. You want to be blessed. You want to be increased. You want to be strong. You want to be free. And you want people to look at you and go, man, how did it happen? You look at them and go, you can have it too. You can have it too. You can have it now. Jesus paid for it for you too. Belongs to you too. But you can't wait around for it to fall on you. Believe that you receive it. We said that word literally means take. T-A-K-E. Believe that you take it and you shall have it. 1 Timothy 6.12, what does it say? Fight the good fight of faith. What's the next phrase? Lay hold. What does lay hold mean? This is actually some of the same words in the Greek as Mark 11.24. Lay hold, what does that mean? In the natural, you put your hand on it. You get a hold of it. You take it to yourself. You receive it to yourself. This is how you fight the good fight of faith. You have to wade through contradictions. You have to persist through hindrances and things that stand against you. But you're going for it. Somebody say going for it. And you're going to stay after it until you're standing in it. Until you're living in it. Until you're experiencing it. Because if Jesus thought enough of you and me to buy it and pay for it and bleed for it and die for it. We are by him going to have it. Let's make up our mind. Let's be strong. Let's be persistent. Sit out loud. If Jesus went to the links, shed his blood, bought it and paid for it, no devil's going to keep me out of it. No confused people are going to talk me out of it. If he gave it to me, I'm going to have it. I'm going to live in it. Glory to God. Got to be stirred up. You got to be persistent. Got to be strong. Now we've looked at a number of things already concerning believing you receive and faith to receive. But I want us to go a step further in this. Go to uh, Hebrews the 10th chapter. This latter part of this 10th chapter flows into the 11th chapter, the great so-called faith chapter, Hebrews 11. And if what we're seeing is right, then you're going to see it all through this 11th chapter. You're going to see them with faith to receive and faith to lay hold. But in introducing it, in working into it, look at Hebrews 10 and 38. 1038 says, 
Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall not just get born again by faith. Not just miss hell by faith. Not just make heaven by faith. But what? Live. Live, You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith. And again, this is where millions are missing it. They think they don't agree with us. And yet, they already believe what we're saying. But they limit it to the new birth. Hmm? Oh, I don't believe in just coming and saying, I know it's mine. I believe I receive it. I take it now. I don't believe in all that. If you're born again, that's what you did. You are a confess it, possess it person and didn't even know it. Because you saw that Jesus had bought and paid for your salvation. And you came down and you said, I see that and I believe I receive it. I believe I receive Jesus as my Lord. And you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, you one of us. You word of faith. So no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, some folk didn't know if they liked that or not. You need to be glad about it. You need to rejoice. The problem is so many millions stop there, though. That's it. That's it. If we said, well, no, now we just submit to the will of God. And if it's his will for us to be born again, then we will be. But it's up to him. So, well, no, we don't believe that. It's already done. You have to go receive it and confess Jesus. Well, no, no. If you're going to be consistent now with what you say you believe. What we're saying is, believe and you receive Jesus and not waiting on God to save you. He's already done it. Come receive him today is right. But you don't stop there. The next morning after you get up from being born again, it's time to do it again. I said it's time to do it again in every area of life, every day for the rest of your life. You need to be believing you receive and confessing and possessing what he's bought, what he's paid for. You need to not just be born again by faith. You need to live by faith, walk by faith every day. And that's why we are Faith Life Church. The life of faith. We know all about it? No. <laughs> it's like at the conference this week, one guy had come up to Brother Copeland some years ago and said, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God. He said, you're right. <laughs> uh, you're right. He said, I don't know the whole counsel of God. <laughs> if I did, I'd preach it. But the more I find out, I'm going to preach it. Nobody knows it all. Nobody knows the whole counsel of God. And some people banter around the term full gospel in a superior tone. Well, we're full gospel. They're just part. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Paul had been called up to heaven. He's seen Jesus. He was used to pen a large portion of the New Testament. And he says, we know in part. We just know part. So I guess technically we'd be part gospel. (laughs) 
But let's preach all the parts we know and let's live all the parts we know and let's believe to get more parts. <laughs> don't act superior. Maybe a, another group of Christians, maybe they don't believe in healing like you do. Maybe they don't speak in tongues, but they may have some parts you don't have. And don't be foolish and act superior. If they love God, if they're born again, they're your brother. I don't care what's over the door. And you love them and you treat them right. And don't act superior. Because you're not. And value what they have. And if you do that, it might open the door for them to value what you have. And boy, what if, what if, what if, the whole body of Christ worldwide, we put all our parts together. We would be an unstoppable force in the earth. If the whole body of Christ, if we just put all our manpower together and all our money together, we'd take over the world. We would. We would. You wouldn't have to go out and pick at anything. You'd just buy it. We don't want those stores in there. Well, just buy them. Pay them three prices for it. They'll sell it to you. Buy it and turn it into a gas station, you know. So we've thought too little, haven't we? We got a big God. Big God. He said, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What is the opposite of drawing back? Actually, if you look at other translations, it has to do with shrinking back and pulling back. This is not complicated. I'm not trying to trick you now. What's the opposite of that? Hmm? Stepping forward, stepping out is the opposite of pulling back, shrinking back. There's great insight right here. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And here we just got through reading, if you shrink back, you pull back, you draw back, he's not pleased. What do we know then? Faith is not happening. So what is he pleased with? Stepping out, stepping forward, moving out, going for it. (laughs) Read the next verse, and this needs to be a confession of all of us. What does it say? But we are not... Of them who draw back. Say it again. Say it again. We are not of them who draw back. He's into perdition or destruction. But of them that believe. To the saving of the soul. Oh get this. Get this. Here he equates believing with stepping out. Doubt to pulling back. Drawing back. Turn with me to the book of uh, Romans, the fourth chapter. Notice this, Romans chapter 4. Somebody say glory to God. God. What pleases God? Faith. According to this verse we just read, what is faith? What's another definition of faith? Stepping out. Somebody say stepping out. Stepping out. Stepping out. 
What's the opposite of stepping out? Pulling back. Shrinking back. The word shrink is probably the most technically correct in our language. Shrinking back, which has to do with hiding. Shrink back. Pull back. Actually, one translation said the upright man will be living by his faith. But if he goes back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. The Dewey Ram says, my just man, my just man. Don't you like that? Somebody say, I'm his just man. My just man lives by faith, but if he withdraw himself, he will not please my soul. The easy to read says, the person who's right with me will live by trusting in me. But I will not be pleased with the one who turns back in fear. Turns back. Goes back. Pulls back. Draws back. That's unbelief. Now we read last week in Numbers 13 and 14. We saw this painted as graphically as you can see it. They sent out the 12 spies into the land. You remember that? They searched out the land. They came back. It was just like the Lord told them. Wonderful. Beautiful. Flow with milk and honey. They brought back a bunch of grapes. Took two men to carry on a pole. They said, yeah, but there's giants in the land. And the Lord had told them, go up. Get it. I've given it to you. Now go possess it. We read that to you from several different places. I've given it to you. Go take it. Go possess it. And what did they do? What did they do? Did they step out? Did they go get it? No. What did they do? They pulled back. They drew back into their tents. And they cried all night. And they felt sorry for themselves. And the Lord was angry with them. Wasn't he? We need to understand this friend. Unbelief angers the Lord. Why? Because it's a personal Vote of no confidence concerning him. People talk about that. Well, we all got some doubt and unbelief. Well, you know, all of us got a lot of unbelief we got to get rid of. Friend, that's nothing to be proud of. It's ugly. What you're saying is, I don't fully trust God. I know he's never lied. I know he's never failed me. But you know, he might this time. That's ugly. I said, that's ugly. And that's what unbelief is. That's what doubt is. They needed to believe two things. They needed to believe if he said he gave them the land, that it was theirs. Didn't they? No matter what they saw, no matter how many giants and walled cities, if he said it's yours, they need to believe. He said it's ours. It's ours. Then secondly, they need to believe they can take. What God has given them. He didn't say it all be easy. He didn't say it all happen overnight. He didn't say it just fall on you. But he's with you. He's with you. He will empower you. He'll hold you with his right hand. He'll help you. He'll keep you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll send you the help. He'll send you the resources. But I mean, you can go to everybody in their brother's service and, and seminar and you can get all the tapes and, and you can pray and turn in a thousand prayer requests. But at some point, if it's going to happen, you got to get up and step out. Right? How many of a man or woman's going to be born again? That's what's got to happen. 
made me preach to for years. People can talk to them. They can share with them. They can give them scriptures. They can do all kind of things. But at some point, if they're going to be saved, they got to get up, step out, and say, Jesus, you're now my Lord. I'm going to receive you. Somebody say, faith to receive. Faith uh, is used synonymously with the phrase of stepping out, possessing, laying hold. Now, where are you right now? Good. That's where I want you to be. Romans 4. Romans 4 and 13. Well, uh, 12. Abraham is the father of circumcision. To them who are not of the circumcision only, Romans 4.12, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Notice, is Abraham held up to us as an example of faith? No question about it. Are we to operate like he did? I mean, faith hasn't changed. You got old covenant, new covenant, but faith is exactly the same today as it was in Genesis. Faith hasn't changed, never will. Faith is a God thing. We read Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. The margin says, have the faith of God. The faith that you and I walk in, live in, is a measure of his own faith. So it can't change. It's the faith he used to create the planet with. It existed a long time before the earth did. But glory to God, you and I are made in his likeness and image. And he's teaching us how to operate. How many know good parents that do good things teach good children how to do what they do? Yeah, they show them. This is how mama does it. This is how daddy does it. And when they first start trying to do it, they may not be strong enough. They may not be able to put it all together. But when they get to be an adult, they could do it just like mama does it. Just like daddy does it. Oh, he's training us. I said he's training us. He's training us to do it just like daddy does it. How does daddy do it? Daddy believes in his heart. And he says it with his mouth. And it comes to pass. Glory to God. What's Junior supposed to be learning how to do? Who's junior? You and me. Are we not made in his likeness and image? Doesn't he call us his own sons? Aren't we his children? Didn't he, didn't the Lord say, you know, be imitators of him, be imitators of God as dear children? This is how he operates. How big is this? How far does this go? This goes beyond this life. You know what you and I are going to be doing a million years from now? You know what you're going to be doing? You ain't going to be fixing your hair. And you ain't going to be washing clothes or ironing. You won't be cleaning no floors. You know what you still will be doing though? You will still be believing in your heart and saying with your mouth, come on, come on. Only you will be doing it on a level that you haven't even imagined yet. Woo! Glory to God. How else do you think we're going to rule and reign 
with him. How do kings rule and reign? Somebody says, well, we're not a king. Oh, yes, we are. Jesus is the king of kings. He is the Lord of Well, who's the kings he's king of? It's not the angels. Bible says, no, you're not. You shall judge angels. They're sent to help us. Minister for us and to us. We are the kings he's king of. How do kings rule and reign? They want a ditch dug. They do not look for a shovel. <laughs> Come on now. The king wants a ditch dug. He doesn't look for a shovel. What does he say? Let the ditch be dug. He sits right there on the chair. Come on now. He sits right on the chair. He says, let the ditch be dug now. And people start moving and equipment fires up. (laughs) That's how God operates. And oh, 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 did you know that you and I, even though we were, were dead in trespasses and sins, now we have been raised up together with Christ and made to sit, sit, sit together with Him in heavenly places at the right hand of the majesty of God on high. So do we need to be learning about faith to receive? You know we need to be learning about it. We need to get started in this thing because it's about to break out on a level that we haven't imagined. He's coming. I said he's coming. He's coming. Soon and very soon. And the kingdoms of this world, all of them shall become his. There'll be no more... uh, Nation of this, nation of that. There'll be no more USA. It'll only be kingdom of God. And you and I are going to be given authority over different parts of it. And we're going to rule. How do you think you're going to do it? It won't be in unbelief. How will you rule and reign? How will you take care of it? How will you be over cities? Or bigger? How will you? You will do it by this. By believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. And you will have begun to learn it here and now. Only you'll just take it to the next level. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody say that loud. Faith pleases God. I want to please God. So I live by faith. Amen. Go with me if you would to uh, Matthew the 12th chapter. Well, I'm moving a little too fast. On you, this is not on the way. But uh, go to James 2 and then we'll go there I think. Uh, James 2, and then we're going, I think, to Matthew 12. We read in Numbers 13 and 14, we saw how those guys searched out the land. They came back. Most of them had an evil report. They said, we can't do it. In other words, they're saying, it's not ours, and we can't take it. 
We can't take it, so therefore it's not ours. And though they might not have been meaning to do that, they basically called God a liar. Did you hear me? That's serious, man. That's why it made him angry. Made him angry. We need to see things for how they are. He didn't look at them and go, bless your hearts. You're just too dumb to understand. I know you're so weak and I can't expect much more. No, no, no. He did expect more than that out of them. They've seen miracle after miracle. They've seen what he can do. He just destroyed the whole army of one of the strongest nations in the world. All their hardware and horses and spears and swords and soldiers are laying at the bottom of the sea. So they know he can do it. I didn't say they believe he can do it. They know it. They've seen it. They've been there. They've experienced it. So they should be ready to believe it again. But they didn't. They said, no, we can't. Which means, no, I'm sorry. It sounded good. It would have been nice. But no, we can't take it. They're too big. They're too strong for us. And we can't do it. What they were saying is God can't do it. And he's wrong. And it's not right. He didn't give it to us. It's not ours. We can't take it. So they drew back. They shrank back. They pulled back. It displeased God. Where are you? James 2. You know it, but let's look at it again. James, the second chapter. He said, 2.14, what does it profit? In other words, what good is it? What benefit does it bring? What results does it gain? My brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith or can that kind of faith save him, deliver him, heal him, bring him any results? What's the answer? Is there a faith that is not living faith? A dead faith that is all talk and no action? And will it get your bills paid? Will it get your body healed? No. What will it do for you? Nothing. Nothing. But there is a living faith. And you might want to write this down. Living faith acts. A-C-T-S. Living faith acts. If there's no action, then what is it? It's dead faith. Now keep reading. Verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is what? What's dead? Faith. Is there such a thing as dead faith? We see it very plainly right here. Dead faith. Well, this is not a dead faith life church. Which it would be if all we did is come and sit. If all we do is come and sit, we don't pray, we don't give, we don't work, we don't obey him, we don't step out, then it's a dead faith life church. But there's a living faith. It's the faith that pleases God. And tell me what living faith does. Living faith acts. 
Living faith doesn't draw back, shrink back. Living faith steps out. Does this bear witness with your spirit? Living faith steps out. Now you need to know where you step in before you step. I'm going to step, I'm going to step. Where? Where are you going to step? Before you step, you need to have heard from the Lord. You need to have got it straight from Him that this is yours. He said, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Skip down to verse 26. He says it for the third time. If he said it once, it would have been true. Third time for emphasis. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Dead. Now, uh, hold your place in Matthew. You can lose this one. But go to uh, Joshua. Go to Joshua, please, the first chapter. Man, we're getting somewhere today. God is helping us today. And today ain't going to be the end of it. We're going to remember it tomorrow and the next day. Whoo, glory to God. People all over this church are going to be stepping out. People watching by internet that are part of this church are going to be stepping out. God's going to show you. He said, that's yours, boy. That's yours, girl. Go get it. And you say, here I go. Watch out. Look out. Here I go. Don't know how. Don't know who. Don't know from where. But here I go. Here I go. Stepping out. I do not want to be a part of a dead bunch that sits around and talks and does nothing. Do you? No. No. Life's too short for that. It's too much we can have and do to live like that. Joshua 1. Are you there? Let me remind you of what's going on at this juncture. Numbers 13 and 14 They spied out the land. They said, too many giants, too tall, too big, too many walled cities. Can't do it. It's not ours. Sorry. No. Wrong. But two guys. (laughs) Two guys. Joshua and Caleb had a different report. Didn't they? They said, no, 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 no. Hush up. Quit your crying. Quit your feeling sorry for yourself. Go get your sword. Go get your shield. Saddle your horse. Let's go get it now. Let's go take it now. Because we are well able. We are well able. They say we can't do it no way, no how. What'd they say? We're well able. Well able to take this land. The Lord is not helping them. Their defense is gone from them. They don't worship God. They pray to rocks and stones. They curse our God. God is with us. And he said it's ours. He said he picked it out for us. said he gave it to us. Let's go get it now. But they were democratic. And the majority ruled. And so they wandered around out in the desert for 40, that's four zero, four decades, and subsisted in a hot, dry place without choices. So after 40 years of that, 
All of doubters and unbelievers died out. Joshua and Caleb are still alive. And all these kids that have grown up out in the desert now. 40 years. Think about it. 40 years. Born out there. Was two years old when they got out there. They're all adults. They're grown. And you know what? They are fed up. (laughs) With sand. And scorpions. And mama and daddy's unbelief. Yeah, it's mama. Yeah, it's daddy and grandpa and grandma and they love them. But they are fed up with their unbelief. And they're groaning and moaning and whining and we can't do it. They are fed up with it. And the longer they hear it, more and more of them are gravitating over to Joshua and Caleb's campfires in the evening. Because they are the only ones that do anything besides cry and whine and complain. Joshua and Caleb. 40 years in the desert. Still sitting over there talking about. I'm going to get my mountain. I don't care. The rest of them can do what they want to. But the Lord told me I was going in. Because you know he did. Concerning both of them. He said they gonna, those 10 spies that brought up the evil report before me. And influenced this whole bunch against me. They going to die. But Caleb had another spirit. What spirit was that? We got that same spirit. Second Corinthians 4 said, we got the same spirit of faith. What? They believed, so they said it. We also believe, and so we say it. So we know for 40 years that Caleb and Joshua are believing it, and they're saying it. What are they doing? We're going in. We're going in. I'm taking that. They had to do something to help themselves those 40 years out there. What'd they do? All they're seeing is sand and dust and problems and griping and complaining. But they'd have to talk to each other. Man, you need faith buddies. Caleb said, man, you remember that orchard we saw over there? You remember that stream that ran through that thing was just as clear? I mean, it looked like glass. You remember that? He said, I remember that. I'm having one. I said, yeah, me too. He said, you remember that grove of trees? How about that house that was on that hill, man? And that big shade tree and that swing out in the backyard? I'm having me one of them. Caleb said, I'm going to have two of them. I'm going to have two. <laughs> well, if you're going to have two, I'm going to have three. Well, fine, fine. We'll have, we'll have three apiece. They talk this for 40 years. Now, the chapter you're in, it has come time to quit talking. To quit talking and do it. Joshua 1, are you there? Joshua 1 and 1. What has happened? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore... What does arise mean? Get up. Come on, tell me what pleases God. What doesn't please Him? Drawing back, shrinking back, sitting down. What pleases Him then? It's a good study to go through and see how many times God and how many times Jesus said, arise. That sound familiar? 
Arise. Take up your bed and walk. Arise. Arise. Get up and go. Arise. Get up. That's faith talk. Arise. Go over this Jordan. You and all this people to the land which I do give to them. Even to the children of Israel. Now get this. Get this. Verse 3. How's it going to work? What's God's way? Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I'm going to give you. No, you're not reading it. You're not reading it. You're not reading it. Read it. Read the text. What did you say? Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you. Like I told Moses 40 years ago. See, nothing's changed. But what's going on now? What's he saying? He said, I told them the same thing. But now here's come down to the wire. Do you have the faith and the courage to go put your foot on it? Because <laughs> I've already given it to you. Now you're going to go put your foot on it. Now let's just stop right here. How many know before you lace up your shoe, what do you need to know? A man can receive nothing. A man can lay hold of nothing except it be given him from heaven. Don't assume. Don't presume. Don't just say, well, I'm going to go on a claiming rampage. No, no. There were some things he told them, don't you try to possess it because I hadn't given that to you. We read that last week. That's not yours. Don't try to take it. But once you know, once you've heard from him, I've given it to you. Then it's not just going to fall on you. You're not just going to enjoy it automatically. Now what do you got to do? It's time to get up. It's time to go. It's time to step out. It's time to put your faith on it. Take steps toward it. Thing after thing, the way the Lord's led us, every one of them. I mean, the details have been different, but it's happened the same way. When we came here, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have money. We didn't have a congregation. We didn't have buildings. We didn't have lands. All we had is this. The Lord actually said this to me. He said, I am giving you the best of Branson. That's what he said to me. And he said it to all our staff, all of us. And all our bunch, they had houses, they had stuff in Tulsa, they had roots, they had tenure there. Every one of them jumped up, sold it all, followed us out here, moved in together, sacrificed, worked day and night. Why? They believe that word. I said they believe that word. And for them too it's coming to pass that they are getting the best of Branson. Well, you're our bunch now too. I said you're our bunch now too. And he has given us the best of what's here. Now what's it time to do? It's time to arise, to step out. Now you have to follow the Lord every step of the way. Every, you don't assume, don't presume. But we came and we didn't know what to do. We took a step as far as we could and that's as far as we could go. We didn't know what else to do. But by the next morning the Lord changed it. 
so we could take another step. So we took another step. And sometimes you go as far as you can go. And it looks like, well, that's it. I can't go no further. But the Lord changes it and makes a way. And now here we are. Looking at you. You're looking at me. we got a family. we got resources. We're doing the work of God. Can you say amen? But nothing would have happened if we'd have been scared. If we'd have been pulled back. If we'd have drawn back. It's true for every church. It's true for every ministry. It's true for every family. It's true for every man and woman and young person. Number one. Find out what God's given to you. Read your Bible. Come to church. Search and pray. Find out from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit what God has given you. And then what? Then what? Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Arise. Once you have found out what the Lord has given you, what happens next? Now you must step out. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon shall be yours. The scripture I had you holding, I'll read it to you. It says, Jesus talked about. Actually, in Matthew, the 11th chapter, he said the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent do what? They take it by force. Luke says it like this. Luke 16, he said the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. How many understand that's the opposite of pulling back, drawing back? Pressing into it. Taking it, laying hold of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Lift up your hands before the Lord. Say it out loud. Glory to God. Father God, I am yours. You are mine. You're a faith God. I'm your faith child. Faith pleases you. Faith is your way. So that's my way. It's how I live. It's how I walk. I am a possessor. I am a receiver in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Let's praise him some. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.